Well, good morning. I told you I'm in a different mood, so I don't know what this is going to come to, but that second song just reiterated the message this morning. And uh, so I'm going to try my best with God's help. And if y'all see Jeffrey going to sleep, y'all just lean towards the front and give him a quick little pop in the head and he'll come, he'll come back to life and everything will be okay. That's what happens when you when you start adulting. You have to go and get jobs, you know, jobs. Then you have to work double time, overtime, in between time, the next time, the time before. <laughs> so, well, I think I want to start this differently. I love it when I always have a plan because it never comes to fruition. It always goes a different avenue. How many of you have uh, found yourself in a situation or a, or a place that you've got, you have an opportunity now and it's, it's right in front of you some would call this an opportunity of a lifetime. But you have this opportunity. And when you're, you're, right, you're right next to stepping or reaching. And you start getting a flood of emotions. That begin to overwhelm you. Because your past begins to haunt you and instead of taking advantage of the opportunity you miss it you were offered a job best paid job in the world man you were you were so excited you forgot to put your shoes on when you went to the job the first interview and but because of something that someone had said in the past comes back to your remembrance and you go, man, I'm not going to get this job. You met this girl and this girl swept you ridiculously off your feet. You've done stuff that you would never done in your life before all because of this girl. But you beat the odds. <laughs> but because of times past and something that was said or something that was done in past relationships, you destroyed this relationship or this possibility because of where you stand in past experience. Ah, they're going to do me the same way the last one done. They're going to say something to me the same way the last one did. They're going to leave me just like the last one. Man, you've got a hidden talent. Man, you can play. You can sing like a canary. But when given the opportunity, you clam up because you feel insufficient. Insufficient. 
You don't think you have what it takes. But man, in the shower, you like a canary. You, you playing drums on stuff and just singing. The reason I ask you this, because I want to I wrap this text around that. And this is a text that we've all read, we've all heard preached uh, probably a million different ways. And this morning I'm going to try to preach it to you a, a million and one. But we're going to talk this morning about the woman in the well. Everybody familiar with that? But this is what I'm hoping you'll do. The time that we start reading this scripture, I want you to not jump to the next word in the scripture. I don't want you to stretch yourself out to the end of the sermon because, oh, I know where he's going with this one. Oh, I've heard this one before. Oh, I know what he... I don't want you to do that because you're going to miss it. So when we begin reading scripture, I want you to look at this scripture as if you've never seen it before. And that's going to be my prayer, that God open your eyes in this scripture this morning in a way that you've never had your eyes open before in that scripture. Okay? You good? Man, you guys got me nervous. Are y'all okay? Okay, that's what I want everybody to do. I want everybody to go lay in. It didn't hurt, did it? Tell your neighbor, it don't hurt. If they're not smiling, You got your Bibles, let's go to John. John chapter 3. I don't know how this is going to be delivered. I don't know if it's going to, I don't know if I'm going to read. It's a lengthy uh, account, and I really want to give all of it to you. And it's only 11 o'clock, so we've got at least four more hours. LB, I thought you was trying to leave. How about we do this? I'm just going to open it up and we're going to go. Chapter 4. John chapter 4. Maybe I'll stop and talk. Starting at verse 1. Therefore, when the Lord knew... That the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria which is called Sychar. Remember that name. This is a... This place wasn't a popular place and not a whole lot of people knew of this place throughout Scripture. And the reason that you can, you can define it that way is because they talk about this, this city, that it was a city of Samaria. So they wanted to bring you to Samaria because everyone knew Samaria. But they want to bring you to the city of Samaria and they named the city. Near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his sons Joseph. They're, they're saying this is about a mile north of the well. Anyway, 
Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. And that's what today's title of the message is, the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you being a Jew ask a drink for me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now it's often been said that the Samaritans and the Jews didn't do any type of business transactions, which would be a false statement because they actually did business transactions. They just did not share in food and drinking utensils. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, we'll come back, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you've nothing to draw with. And the well's deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. (laughs) But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husbands. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive That you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And you Jews say that it's in Jerusalem. Is the place where we ought to worship. And Jesus said to her woman believe me. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we do, for the salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is. When true worshipers will worship 
the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. This is what God's looking for. God is seeking a people to worship him in spirit and in truth. Not on your mountain. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. Who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek? Or, why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ do you remember in John chapter 3 if you just back up a chapter there was a a guy by the name of Nicodemus that sought out Jesus in the nighttime he came covered by the darkness to hide him from man to seek out an academic truth of who Jesus was. He told Jesus to teach me who you are. So he was wanting the knowledge of who God was. You know, the sad part of that statement is that most people are coming to know of God through academic accolades. Man, we will spend six, eight, twelve years of our lives studying under teachings of professors and theologians and historians to come to know of this God. Not saying that studying about God is not a good thing. But what I am telling you is God is not looking for those that want to know of him intellectually. (laughs) The Bible said that he is seeking 
who want to worship him. To come to know him, not know of him. There's a difference. And what we have here is we've got Nicodemus on one hand and we've got this woman at the well on the other hand. He comes in the middle of the night, in the darkness. She comes at the sixth hour, which reference to Jews, the sixth hour is 12 noon. This is broad daylight. You would think that she's coming out in the middle of everything, but she really isn't coming out in the middle of everything. See, just because he's coming at nighttime and she's coming at day, we automatically perceive that she's not trying to hide behind anything. But, however, comma, most cases when people came to get water, they got it in the morning before the heat of the day. So in reality, she is hiding. But here she is hiding in broad daylight. She is concealed by time. <laughs> She's concealed by time to be hidden from herself. Nicodemus was hid by night to be hidden from people. He didn't want anybody to know that he was inquiring. She was hoping not to even see him. So here she is coming to get her own water. This tells me too that she was poor. Because there was no servants to go and draw her water. And here's this man called Jesus. That became, actually they said he became wearied from his travel. And he's only been traveling half a day. I mean, he's tired already. That's how we got, we kind of work too for our employers. We work like half a day. But here he is sitting, and, and here she is walking up to him, and he's going to have the audacity to ask her for a drink. Let me do this by Scripture. That way I don't lose anything on this. Because I'm, I'm going somewhere with it, and I want, you to, I want you to stay with me on it. But the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of, from me? A Samaritan woman. So she's basically saying, how is it that you? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You're a man. I'm a woman. You're known as a teacher. I mean, you're a respected man in the community. I'm a nobody. I'm just here to get me a drink of water and go to the house. But yet you ask me for a drink. Have you ever thought in your mind that when you was coming to see Jesus, whether it be at the altar or at the house or wherever you want to go, and you always approached him kind of with a pauper's attitude, that you had to beg him to hear you, him to listen, or him to answer your prayer because you felt, because of times past, unworthy that he would even lend an ear to you. See, we may not do that consciously, but I would dare to say that some of us do it subconsciously. See, not all tears that you see being shed when someone's speaking with God is because of joy that God's overwhelming them with. Some of it may just in fact be humiliation on their part. The sadness of past experiences. 
something that's got them jailed. (laughs) And they can't release. See, when she came in the daylight, you can't come to Jesus hidden. You can't get under the cover of what others can't see and approach Jesus. You have to come to Jesus wide open, nothing hidden, nothing held back, and lay it out there. See, because if we just stopped it... At Nicodemus, we would think, man, you would have to, you've got to have it all together to come and see Jesus. You've got to be a teacher. You've got to have it all together. You've got to be well-respected in the community. You need to have money. You've got to be on point. That's one reason why I think this followed right after Nicodemus. I believe that God's trying to show us something here that it doesn't matter who you are. You can have it all together. You can't have it at all. And you can still come to the same one. (laughs) Can you believe that? Jesus will push you out the way so that I can come sing. (laughs) Maybe he won't push you. I will. (laughs) But he will let me me widow oh me with all the junk with all the issue with all the failure with all the lack and he'll let me come and talk to me I'm, it might not amaze you see it this is why it doesn't amaze you some of you probably have never went and talked to someone that was all together, that in the eyes of the world had it all together. You don't just get those appointments. You can't pick up your phone right now and just call President Trump and say, hey, I want to come in and talk. But what if? What if, what if he took your personal call? Man, I'd love to talk to you. Come on in. Let's go get something to eat. Man, you, you'd be beside yourself. Whether you like him, whether you don't, you'd still be beside yourself just for the simple fact that he's the president. And you don't rank to sit beside him. Come on, let's just be truthful. Ain't none of us in here banking hard. We might be banking a little bit. We might have a little something, something. We can get an ice cream cone at McDonald's on the way home after church. But we ain't buying no McDonald's. So here it comes. She's walking to this man sitting at the well. She's hoping that no one is there, and there sits Jesus. Give me a drink. And then, why are you asking me for a drink? Let me talk to you about who I am. 
let me tell you a little bit about where I'm from and about this water that I can give you. Because if you really knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God, not knew of it, she knew of it. (laughs) Yet she said, I know the Messiah is coming. She knew of him, but she did not know him. And he said, if you knew who you was talking to, you'd ask me because I will give you a drink of living water. And out of this drink that I would give you, inside of you would well up a fountain. Could it be possibly she was going to the well to quench a thirst that she had that no one else understood and that's why she came at noontime because she was concealed by time and she was kind of wanting a drink but she didn't want a drink when everybody else got a drink because everybody else knew of her but didn't really know her. Uh Uh-oh. She shows up. He talks about this living water. Man, if, oh, if we could do this. Because, see, many of us will turn to things in the world, tangible things, things that draw us, things that attract us. We turn to these things to quench a thirst that we all carry because every one of you have a thirst. (laughs) Yes, you do. Every one of you have a thirst. And Jesus is saying, look, (laughs) if you knew the gift of God, if you knew that I was saying, if you knew the grace of God, if you knew that I was him who speaks to you, the one that you know is coming, if you knew that I was him, you wouldn't want any other drink. But this one. See, I'm going to give you a drink. This is just what I feel him telling me. I'm going to give you a drink that will sustain you. Those moments when you thirst for, you thirst for job, you thirst for house, you thirst for relationship, you thirst for money, you thirst for this, you thirst for that, you thirst for a move, you thirst for a touch. I'm the one that gives you all of it. And if you would turn and know me, What I give you will quench your thirst every time. See, I was taught, man, I was taught this stuff. Growing up, man, when you're in the desert and you're feeling down on your luck and everything and the world's coming against you, man, go find a pastor. Go find someone to lay hands on you and pray for you. Go and get in the Word and find that power scripture. You know that power scripture makes everything okay. (laughs) That one that you need right then. Y'all don't have them? Y'all don't have them power scriptures? <laughs> Just makes it all go away. <laughs> I was taught this stuff. And Jesus is teaching the total opposite. He didn't say go talk to Nicodemus. <laughs> he says, sweetheart. 
you have found everything that you need right in front of you. And it wasn't, this was another thing. Y'all just going to have to bear with me. My mind kind of goes, kind of like that. She did not find the one to quench her thirst because she was seeking for him. She said, who are you? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You're a man. I'm a woman. Come on, dude. We're out here in the middle of the day. You know you ain't supposed to talk to me. I love serving this one, Jesus, that ain't scared to come and point his finger in your face. I say, look, I'm across cultural boundaries for you. The Bible says no man comes unto the Father unless he is drawn by the Spirit. I know many of y'all went to church to find Jesus. Guess what? <laughs> he found you long before you come and talk to him. He been pulled. That's why you're here. Sinner, I ain't going to look at nobody in particular because I don't want nobody to go. <laughs> Sinner, but that's why you're here. Because the Spirit has been drawing you. And what you thought, <laughs> what you thought was the right time to hide, you put on your facade. What you thought was the right time to walk up in the church and go, hey, ain't nobody going to pay attention to me because everybody's going to be worshiping him. I got news for you. You can't walk up in the Lord's house without recognizing his presence and without him recognizing you. And he's been drawing you. And you wore your facade, you're wrapped up in your little jailhouse because you don't feel that you're worthy. You don't think there's opportunity. And the whole time God is saying, I'm the hope of salvation. You can't do anything that I can't handle. Matter of fact, remember when... Y'all remember that, right? Before I go there, let me go here. Because I highlighted this in blue. So I really know this means something. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the will and has drank from it himself as well as his son and his livestock? This is why a lot of the times we will miss who Jesus is. We didn't do that at our other church. <laughs> Pastor, how are you sure you got it and they didn't? I didn't say I did and they don't. It's not my job. My job is to do this. If I opened up that door, you'd run out. So I'm going to open up this door. This leads to upstairs and you can't go nowhere. <laughs> That's my job. 
My job is to open up a doorway for you so that you and him, him, can come to a ground to where you know him. Not Jacob. I love that girl. That girl just eats my heart up, boy. That's my amen corner. See, if you can sleep, if you can sleep with her doing that, man, you I love that precious thing, boy. See, you can't you well, yeah, I'm gonna say it. you can't go to another church like this and just stop right dead sentence in the middle of a sermon because they expect you well never mind. My job is to open up the door so that you can come to know him, not know what you've been taught all your life. How many of you know that no matter how many years you've been taught, you could have been taught wrong? I ain't saying I'm teaching right. I'm just saying I'm giving you an opportunity to get out of your mind and let this mind be in you, (laughs) the mind of Christ, not me. You don't want my mind, trust me. Trust, amen. And the whole time she's sitting here going, are you better than Jacob? I get in trouble sometimes. Sometimes I get in trouble. But I don't care. Because I'm not going to veer from this. I don't know how you were brought up in, in your church, your family's faith, your church beliefs. I, I, a lot of you I do not know as far as how that transpired. This is all I do know. Jesus is much bigger than anything you've ever been taught. There can't be one denomination that's 100% right, sweetheart. Not one. Not one. Not one. And you put them all together, and they probably still... Are you better than Jacob? <laughs> he said, girl, <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> Let me take you somewhere. See, if you ask me for this drink. <laughs> Man, listen. Church, please listen to this. If you continue to walk your Christian walk out. I'm talking just to believers right now. So if you're not a believer, you can go to sleep. Talking to believers. If you walk out your Christian walk in a jail cell that you were led to and shut in, it's as far as you'll ever get. as far as you'll ever go well I was taught that I didn't believe in tongues well sweetheart brother man do your thing do your thing I intend God willing that I will experience some form of kingdom in my life some way 
And if that means kicking you in your good leg, I'm going to kick you in your good leg. I'm going to experience kingdom in my life. Listen to me. Listen to me. Jesus did not come to start Christianity. He came and preached kingdom. And from what I understand, I still haven't fathomed what kingdom really is. Love, joy, righteousness. But can you put your arms around it? Man, I want to wake up one morning and go just like this and know that I've just encompassed kingdom. That's what I want. See, I don't know about you. You're probably okay with just Sunday morning if the pastor kept his voice right about the 20 decimal. (laughs) I'm not okay with that. God, I want to be shell-shocked every day. I want you to come to me in a new way Every day, one that I've not recognized, one that I don't understand, but I know that I know that I know it's you and not man. I don't want church ordinary. I don't want it the way I was taught. I don't want to sit in a pew all my life and hear the same story day in and day out. Things that don't even make sense. They're not even theologically back. That he went to hell and took back the keys from hell. Death. He never took back no keys. He ain't going to get no keys. Yeah. Yeah. No keys. <laughs> Man, he had them in his pocket the whole time. Yeah. This is what I think happened. I'll find them. Don't worry about it. This is what I think happened. He come off that cross and went down and said, hey, bucko, you missed it. You missed it. He didn't take them back. I think he went down and showed him. I don't doubt that he didn't go because I believe that he did. But I... It wasn't to go down there and say, hand them over. Stop. Man, if you really think that Jesus had to die on the cross to take all that authority back, you are wrong, brother. You're totally incorrect. You're in error. I don't care who you are. You can preach at a prestigious college if you want, but if you're saying it, you're wrong. What in the world thinks that, what makes us think that God's going to come out of glory and, and give up everything and say, I can win this fight, watch. <laughs> I think he carried them around with him. I think he brought them and shook them to remind people. You want to be healed? I got them. Get up and walk. Lazarus! <laughs> oh, that was probably the alarm clock. <laughs> Lazarus! Man, let's stop taking this stuff away from God. 
and trying to play God. And let's let God, like Elijah would say, if God be God, serve him. See, you don't have to. I am not sitting here telling you that you have to believe the God that I believe and that you have to live and serve the Jesus that I live and serve. I am here to tell you, however, comma, that if you choose another, I'm going to leave it right now. I ain't going to leave it right there. No man comes unto the Father except through Jesus. So you believe however you want to believe and you walk however you want to walk. I'm just telling you. Here's your wake-up call. You'll end up in hell quicker than you can blink an eye if you go against the Jesus that I serve. Let's get back to the story. Jesus said, I will walk over cultures to get you. Hi, Bigsby. I'll walk through cultural boundaries to allow you to take part of me. I, won't, I don't want your religion to stand in the way. I don't want your man teaching. Now listen, I'm not saying that all man teaching is bad, okay? I'm not saying that at all. This is what I, because if I was saying that, man, I'd be bashing myself. How stupid is that? But what I am saying is this. There are some things in this word that is flat, black, and white. Period. And you're not going to make me, you will not get me off of some things in this Bible. Period. You cannot tell me that I have to close my eyes and bow my head and come to an altar and pray. You cannot tell me that there is a sinner's prayer. See, I'll make you mad. I don't care. Religion doesn't matter to me. You cannot tell me that I can go and pray to any God that I want to. And make it to heaven. You cannot tell me that universalism is the way. You cannot. You're not going to alter my thinking and my heart on what I know about my salvation with the one that created me. You believe what you want to believe. Now there's other things in here. There's people, man, they're way smarter than I'll ever become. And I'll listen to their point of view. I will. I'll listen to that point of view. And man, if it lines up with Scripture and it makes sense, I might adopt that belief for me. <laughs> Not going to preach a personal conviction to you. That's right. But I'll preach the gospel to you. Amen. <laughs> and I won't veer. You need a Savior. And his name is Jesus. There 
is no other name. There is no other road to salvation. Period. Without him, you're dead. You're dead. I don't want you ever coming to the house of God and just thinking that I've been taught this way and this is the only way I can ever believe and you sit there right dead in your sin. I'm going to explain that one because I know most of you ain't catch it. But you'll sit there dead in your sin. Do you know what some religions put out? I mean, I, I know, Lord mercy, I know, this ain't the first church you'd have been to. You'd have been to several. You'd have heard different teachings and preachings. Don't you know that some of them out there are flat teaching and preaching sin? Period. See, this is where I get in trouble again. This is where I get in trouble again. It's not okay to be a girl if you're a boy. I was talking to him. If you heard it, that I was talking personal conversation. Listen to me, man. You can't, you don't sit out on the sideline of an abortion clinic with signs raised to heaven and you chanting hatred to people. And call it the gospel. The Bible says that it's the goodness of God that draws man. You. Amen. Not saying we don't tell them the truth, but instead of being that one, you're preaching and teaching people to hate. And they're thinking it's okay. And they sit in church. Dead in their sin. Because the Bible said that if you hate another man, it's as if you've already committed murder. Amen. It's a sin. That's right. I'm saying what they're doing is right. I'm telling you it's wrong. I'm telling you it's wrong. But you're not going to see me out there trying to billy club people. probably make some of you mad because I probably sat down with some people that had abortions doesn't make them right it makes what they've done wrong but there is a God that brings healing that brings restoration, that brings worth. Man, I got to get in this thing before y'all kick me out of here. I'm going to get this one out anyway. I might not be welcome back next Sunday, but I'm going to get this one out. 
I hope every time you pick up these and you get them in your hand, I hope that's the first thing you get. Man, that's what Jesus carried around all the time. I, you want them? Oh, look, she said, I want them, I want them. woman asked about this living water and he says go get your husband and come back I don't have a husband he said you you've said right you've had five And the one you're with now is not yours. You've said right by this. I want to put you in her sandals for a minute. First, let me explain this. We're speaking of the first century in her culture. Women were not allowed to divorce their husbands. Men could divorce their wives. And I know you've heard it preached this way. That's why I'm giving you a different twist. We've looked at this woman as a modern day whore. That will marry, divorce, run, marry, divorce, run, marry, divorce, run, marry, divorce, run. Get on going? That's what, we've calculated this woman with that mindset. And we've said that woman was a whore. How have you thought of this woman? When you heard of her being preached about. And she's had five husbands. And now you're living with one that's not even your. Man, I can just hear some of the pastors preach. You, you're exactly right. You didn't. You didn't. You ain't got no husband. You had five already. Now you're married with one. Or you're staying with one. You're not even married. I can, just, I can just hear some of it. I don't believe that's the way Jesus brought that thing out. I just hear Jesus in a loving fashion going, I know. You've, you've had five and they didn't work out for them, so <laughs> listen. If a woman divorced her husband, she stoned. Yep. Mm-hmm. She She's still here. After five. <laughs> okay, one, she may have gotten away with. Two, might have been some negotiations. Five? <laughs> Hang on. We're going to walk down that dusty road with her. We've got a woman in the first century where she's not allowed to divorce. But she's been married five times has to bring me back to this that the husband's divorced her 
because they're seeing her unfit or unworthy. You want to know one? No, we got kids. But they've seen her unfit. I'll leave it at that. Can you imagine? Now she's been, I don't know how long that conversation went on. But can you imagine the first time in her life she is talking to a man that is loving on her through his words. That is appreciating her for who she is. I mean, she, she's going, wow, me. And then he said, go get your husband. Just like you, when you're standing in that moment and something is released in the atmosphere, whether it be word or action, movement, whatever, your memory begins to recall. And in comes this rush, this tidal wave rush of every twisted emotion that you've experienced in the past five husbands. And here they, here they all come back again. I can imagine that her reasoning and what she was about to do, that was playing a part. She was going, see, I, he's just like every other man. <laughs> come on, LB. Just like every other, Joe Cool. Huh? Got the game. I'm going to tell Lasagna. Just like every other man. You're telling me what I want to hear. They've mistreated me in the past. Maybe she was even beaten. We don't know. Mentally abused, physically abused, spiritually abused. I mean, just can you, are you with me? Some of you ought to be coming up and buying, buying bus tickets and getting on the front seat. Because I'm right there on your driveway. Because you, you've been talked about in the past. You've, you've been put away by others. And you have lived in the disaster of a demented mindset that you're nobody. That you can't make it. That, you, that no, nothing will ever work out for you. And fighting these emotions. Daring. Daring not to give in. Because it's going to end just like the last one. <laughs> this word 
Sikar. S-Y-C-H-A-R. It means drunken and liar. Many of you are still living in Sikar. You're living in a city of lies that someone has told you in the past that you are nothing, that you'll never be nothing, that God can't and God won't. You've been intoxicated by your boundaries of pain because you don't think there's any way out. And every time you come close, every time you come close to being broke free from that which bounds you up, you begin to replay in your mind your past experience. And you go home the same way every day. I can just see Jesus looking I mean, it's kind of like that child, you're taking through the store and they've done snatched something off of the candy shelf without your knowledge. And, and you're walking up to the cash register and up jumps this candy bar and you don't have the money to pay for it or they've been bad and you don't think they deserve it or you don't want them to have sugar whatever the excuse or reasoning is behind it that you don't give it to them and you see the expression I dare say Jesus don't miss your body language see you can hide from people in broad daylight by wearing your facade. But you can't hide from Jesus. Amen. What Jesus has for you is something that is unlimited. Amen. You can't limit his love for you. I don't care what you've done in the past. Thank God that he can see past my stupidity and still love me. Amen. See, I got off of you now. I'm on me. Thank God that he's seen some little drunken country boy and decided to say, I still love you. Thank God that he found some money-hungry, hard-headed, mean, nasty dude and still say, still love you. 
one that he found when he was walking with his head down because he would envy others' relationship between father and son and he didn't have, but he would always walk a blinded path in the hopes that he would soon find the relationship. And then when he finds the relationship and he thinks everything is going good, he's gone. And there he stands again without a father. And then he becomes mad. And God said, I still love you. <laughs> See, <laughs> until you experience God in the trouble you're in, you'll never know his name to call on when you're in trouble. See, you can come to church, friend, and you can sit and listen to pastor preach. Or you can come and let your kids be what you think is being babysat back there and they're being poured into. <laughs> and they blow your mind when you're eating chicken. They go, Mama, you know Jesus loves you. <laughs> and you go, what? But you sit in here and you think this is babysat day, man. I... Whew. Ain't got no kid tugging on my leg, right? Got news for you. He loves you. Yes. You might think that you can't get loved again, but he loves you. You might think that there ain't no meaner person in the world than me got news for you you're meaner than I am I'm just, but you might be thinking man I'm, I'm a mean dude God can't forgive God can forgive you Amen. and God will for, he listen see this is what I don't like it's only two this is what I don't like I don't like somebody finding me in a sin and then telling me I've got to go back to the cross and repent of my sin. Because when I give my heart to Christ, he said that he died once and for all. So if I continuously put it in my mind that I got to go back to the cross every time, I got to kill him again? True. We saying the first trip wasn't good enough? Now listen, now I do believe this. I need to repent of sin, and that is to change my thinking on what I'm doing and get my mind right and get to walking in righteousness, get to walking in holiness like I was called and commanded to do. Amen. But don't, Listen, see, that's that religion. That's that, that's that smell. <laughs> you thought it was B.O. It wasn't B.O. It was religion that you carried around in your pocket. Every once in a while it flares up and you smell it. It's not B.O. What could you possibly do to cause God not to love you? 
if I was a singer like some of y'all and you don't use it, I would sing this song, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. <laughs> they don't want to hear me sing. They do that. They'll throw all their tickets away <laughs> to everybody they're going to see this year. They throw them all away in fear that they all go sound like me. <laughs> Almost done. At this point, his disciples came back, and they marveled that he was talking to a woman, but nobody said, what do, what do you seek, or why are you even talking to her? The woman then left. Her water pot went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? See, I just love when I can get and sit by myself. Because the Bible said that she went and said to the men. Just giving you another way to look at this. Because some of y'all in here, right now, today, this morning, you need to go say to the men. I'm not talking gender. Hear me out. You know the one that said you was not worth anything? You need to go and say to that voice that you're not worth anything. Come and see the man. Amen. Right. Told me all things. He told me everything I ever did. Come and see this man. Could this be the Christ? Go and show him Christ. You know, that one thing that wails up in the back of your mind when you get argument, husband and wife, and you get mean and nasty because of a past experience, and you think that this is the same as that, and it's not, you need to grab that and say, come here. Let me show you this man. <laughs> You ain't got it yet. It's when you're going out and you hit the blunt again. They know who I'm talking to when I say blunt. Trust me. They know. What you need to do is go back to that little hitch that you got and say, hey, come and see this man that told me that if I ever thirst just to draw from him because if I drank his water... <laughs> won't thirst no more. See, I won't need that. I don't need that no more. See, the other, the, the phone call, you know, the one you got planned for this afternoon. Maybe you need to say, man, I need to get in my head and maybe you need to come and see this man that's told me everything that I've always done. Could this be the Christ? Maybe it's something else. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because you're abusive. Maybe it's because that you've been beaten all your life that you think that it's right to do and you have to do it when you get home. Can I tell you that that's the person that you need to go and visit? You need to go and talk to that man and say, come here, let me show you this man. Let me, let me introduce you to this man, the one that told me everything that I've ever done in my life. And maybe, maybe could this be the Christ you're fighting battles you can't win on your own maybe
maybe you need to go in town and talk to the men. Maybe you need to go back and revisit the voices that continuously tell you that you've got it. You can make it work. Just find another one. Everything will be fine. Have another drink. Whatever it is, go visit the men. And I tell you that because of this. Because it was out of her going and telling the men. One side of it is that she became the first woman evangelist. You know what my side is? My side is she became free that day. She was introduced to a man that loved her through words, loved her through action. She became free that day. Bible doesn't say what she done with that other man, but I have to say that she went back to him because he didn't see that she was suited to marry. So he probably just said, we're going to live together. And she was living it. So she went back and told that man to, bye. Because she knew in her heart, because of the goodness of God, that what she was in was wrong. Maybe, oh, maybe, yeah, it's only 2.15. Maybe, maybe Jesus seen and said, you know, I'm not going to let this one. Be number six. Don't let the next person you meet be number six that tells you what you can't do or tells you who you're not, who you'll never become. Don't you dare. Because I'm here to tell you this morning. Come see this man. Come see this man that's told me all that I've done wrong. And still love me.